Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to Unscrewed, the show that knows that real liberation includes sexual liberation. I'm your host, Jacqueline Friedman, and welcome to another spare parts quickie-sode, in which we bring you a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and get you in and out in 15 minutes or less. So let's do it. It's a lot of great stuff in this episode, including advice about children and masturbation. But before then, I have a bunch of little quick hits to share with you. The first is that this fine podcast, Unscrewed, was named one of the 12 best sex podcasts out there by Marie Claire and also by Esquire. So thank you, thank you, thank you for everyone who supports the show and for the writers at those fun publications. That list puts us in company with some really fantastic shows like The Heart and Why Are People Into That and a bunch of other great stuff. So we'll have a link to that in the show notes at theestablishment.co slash tag slash unscrewed and know that you are listening to one of the best sex podcasts out there. You probably already knew that, but now it's official. Also, I'm remiss in telling you that I will be speaking soon at the Woodhull Sexual Freedom Summit, which if you're interested in the issues that we cover on Unscrewed, this is the conference for you. It's happening August 4th through the 7th, just outside of DC. And just so many smart and fantastic people are going to be presenting and discussing all kinds of things about unscrewing up the sexual culture. I'm going to be presenting with the fantastic Elle Chase, a session called Embodied Consent and the Cultural Lie of Sexual Desirability, which is a fancy way of saying that we're going to be talking about what consent means when you don't feel like you really have an option to say no and you know what are the conditions in which you really can create freely given consent where we feel like we can embody our own desire as opposed to saying yes or no on somebody else's agenda and all of the things that go into that so come to that that is good stuff and come say hi and tell me you're a fan of the show lot of great feedback on last week's show, which was called All the Parts Are Good Parts, which was my conversation with Heather Corinna of Scarletteen.com about her new book, SEX, as well as all kinds of stuff having to do with young people and sex ed. And I heard from a ton of people on Twitter who were like, thank you. There's just not a lot of resources out there for being a parent who's trying to raise young people or being an adult in the in the lives of young people and trying to think about how to raise them with healthy attitudes toward their bodies and sexuality. 
duality. So I offered some of these on Twitter, but I want to make sure you had them as well. Some other resources out there, in addition to Scarletine and SEX, Scarletine runs a Tumblr called Scarletine Confidential. I think if you Google Scarletine Confidential, you'll find it, but also we'll link to it in the show notes. And that Tumblr is specifically aimed at parents who are trying to navigate the world of sexuality with their children in a healthy way. So that's a great resource. Also check out thesexpositiveparent.com, which is run by Ariel Clark. Also a really fantastic resource for kids who are too young for SEX. I recommend Sex is a Funny Word and a few other books all by Corey Silverberg. You really can't go wrong with them. And if you want a book to help young people sort of navigate the sexual culture, in addition to SEX, I have to recommend my own book. Uh, It's called What You Really, Really Want, The Smart Girl Shame-Free Guide to Sex and Safety. And it's really about how to figure out in a world that has so many twisted agendas about sex, how to figure out what you want sex to be like in your life and then how to navigate that in the real world. It's got lots of exercises and sort of self-discovery tools and I happen to love it. And parents tell me all the time they give it to their kids and it opens up great conversations. Also, Heather wanted me to offer a correction. She misspoke when she was talking about media literacy curricula around sex and sexuality. She said that one of them was created by Bay Area Rape Crisis. And in fact, it is Boston Rape Crisis, my fantastic home rape crisis organization. So it's B-A-R-C-C, BARC, is the acronym for Boston Area Rape Crisis, which is probably how she got it confused with that B-A. Check out BARC's curriculum if you're interested. We love you, BARC. All right, one more announcement. I'm taking a little summer hiatus. We'll be back in the fall. I might even sneak in a couple of shows during my summer hiatus if I can't resist a topic or guest that happens to come up. But we're not going to be producing regular episodes for the rest of July and August. We will be running some reruns, classics from Unscrewed and also the iteration before Unscrewed, which was called The Yes Means Yes Show. So you'll have great stuff to listen to every week, but there won't be regular new shows again until the fall. I will miss you, (laughs) but you can chat with me on Twitter. Let me know what you think also about the reruns. I'm always open to that conversation. Just time for me to take a little breather, catch up with myself, maybe take a day off here or there, and also get prepared for a whole spate of new shows coming up in the fall. All right. We got a question a little while ago from a listener about childhood masturbation. And I knew that Heather Corinna from Scarletino I had on last week's show was going to be the perfect person to answer it. So here's how that went, starting out with the listener's question. I listened to the episode featuring Dr. Joycelyn Elders, and I was wondering, is there a normal age to begin masturbating? I feel like I started doing this very young. Let's just say my age was still in the single digits and well before Menarche. And though I've written and rewritten my self-sex first time scene many times, I've never had the guts to send it anywhere because I'm afraid it'll look deviant. What say you, Heather? Is there a normal age to begin masturbating? Well, one of the first things I would say is listening to that letter, what I hear being described is what's most typical. What we know from data, and especially any of us who have spent time around young children, is that by and large, most people, in fact, do start masturbating in childhood, early childhood often. One of the stories I'll often tell from when I was teaching kindergarten is I will say that nap time was like a bacchanal. (laughs) 
everybody's quiet and everybody's on their cot and they're self-comforting. I kept having to make the rounds almost every day to do the gentle tap on the shoulder because somebody was getting a little too carried away in a public place and just say, hey, that's okay, but that's for at home. Why don't you hold your blankie, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> whatever, right? It's all good, nothing wrong, but it's a home thing. When you're bed at home, <laughs> not at school. So that's what we know is most common. I mean, it always gets a little tricky. Masturbation as a term, is kind of complicated for people. Just kind of like sex as a term is kind of complicated for people. When people say masturbation, what they most often mean is A, stimulating genitals, and B, stimulating genitals for a kind of sexual satisfaction we primarily associate with adult sexuality, occasionally young adult sexuality, but usually even adult sexuality. And I don't really think of it that way. Masturbation is a thing that we do in which we are engaging our own bodies, right? Whether we're doing that with other body parts or we're doing that with toys or whatever, whatever <laughs> other thing we're engaging in with that's not a person to seek pleasure and comfort. And it's usually a combination of those things. How much of each of those pieces it is varies from person to person and experience and experience and life phase to life phase. And I feel like that life phase to life phase part is super important because we know that infants even will rub and touch their genitals and they're going to be doing that for a bunch of different reasons you know an infant hasn't gotten the message yet if it's being out there that certain body parts are off limits they put everything in their mouths they touch everything right they're exploring their toes too tiny yeah. sponges and probes and a lot of that for infants is probably comfort, right? It feels comforting for them to touch themselves. The sucking of a thumb and the rubbing of genitals is probably, I mean, we can't interview them, right? <laughs> you know, but what we know about their development is that probably both of those are equally about comfort. You know, some level of stimulation. Again, you know, infants like to be stimulated. They're little sponges, but probably it's more about comfort. Whereas like then, you know, when you think about your average, you know, when I put this in the giantest proverbial bunny ears ever, let's say 30 year old, it is probably often much more for stimulation than it is for comfort. And release, maybe sexual release. Yeah. What our sexuality is, is really different from life phase to life phase. We'll say, because we know it happens, that even infants masturbate but when people say that, if what they mean by that is touch my genitals that I know are my genitals to engage my sexuality that I know is my sexuality, right? Then that's not what's happening. Although adults masturbate for all kinds of reasons involving comfort too. I wouldn't masturbate to go to sleep sometimes. That frame I think is a problem no matter what age you are. But I think at certain life phases, it's even more problematic than others. So yeah, children masturbating, it's the commonest thing on earth. I think what happens though, and why this person writing this maybe doesn't feel like that's the norm, right? Like has the idea that that's like completely outer limits and not what's most common for people is that you will often hear people say, if they talk about when they started masturbating, that they started in their teens and 20s. And from all I can tell, from talking to a lot of people, and again, knowing what I know about kind of how child sexuality or, you know, what's seen as expressions of child sexuality are treated my impression is what probably happens a lot is that in very early childhood, 
children are caught masturbating and made to feel very bad about it. And so they do stop and they block it out and put it out of their minds. Or it's just, you know, it happens so early that they've carried over the bad feelings they have, but they don't know what happened. They don't remember, right? So if somebody smacked your hand away from your genitals when you were three, the likelihood of you remembering that even five years later is really unlikely, right? Our memories just kind of don't work the same way when we're that young. And so they'll say, I started at 17, but what I think more often happen is I started again at 17 and I don't remember that there was a time that I did it when I was younger and stopped and that I started again. So I think that's why it can be easy for people to think if I did this as a child and I remember doing this as a child, I was weird when what most likely happened, and this is good news, right, is that either that person wasn't shamed, scared, punished out of it, which really is quite traumatic. I think that is probably, unfortunately, one of the first big messages a lot of people get about sexuality, which is terrible. Which is all about shame and and don't do it. Control, yeah. Oh, no. I mean, it's so bad. And I also think it's really common. I mean, I really, really common. I mean, historically, I mean, we look at what was done with really creepy Victorian shit around controlling masturbation. This has always gone on. But I think with somebody like that, either that didn't happen at all. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. Thank God. Or, which is, you know, it's not quite as ideal, but it's equally good as an outcome. It did happen. And you know what? That person just did not take that on. They were able to maintain desire to do that and autonomy in their sexuality and personal sexual expression that even if they got those messages, something in them was like, fuck that shit. So good on you, listener. It's not only completely normal, but you maybe are more tenaciously proud and properly entitled to the pleasure of your body than other folks have been. You are all good. There's nothing bad about it. And if you want to know whether or not you're sexually normal, hint, almost always the answer is yes. If you're in need of any other advice about sex or sexuality, send in your questions to me at unscrewed at JacquelineFriedman.com or you can tweet them to me at JacquelineF, J-A-C-L-Y-N-F as in Friedman. Use the unscrewed hashtag if you want to. You can send them in as audio files and we'll run your voice on the show. I love hearing from you, finding out what you're grappling with because I promise you whatever questions or problems you find yourself grappling with there are other people who are dealing with them too and so when you write in and ask for answers to these questions you're also helping other listeners who haven't got a chance to ask them yet that's all we have time for right now enjoy the summer I will see you on social media and have new episodes for you in the fall if not sooner In the meantime, if you're feeling like you're going to miss the show, express your love with a rating for us on iTunes. Give us a three-sentence review. It doesn't take a lot. And five stars that helps other folks to find the show, which always makes me happy. You can find Unscrewed at iTunes as well as Acast and Stitcher and theestablishment.co, which produces the show. It is edited by yours truly. Our cover art is by Nicole Dodonna. And the in-and-out music you're enjoying right now is by The Pink Tiles. Until next time, I'm wishing you safe and happy sex lives. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 